the first parak of Ursa Torah. Actually, we're going to finish the first parak of Ursa Torah today. And um, last time we completed Os Gimel in Ursa Torah. Six sheets, that would be really. So we, we finished Os Gimel in Ursa Torah. We were talking about the connection between Torah Peh and Eretz Yisrael. And we ended last time. Well, let's just read through the piece, I guess, quickly again. Because it's not, I mean, it's not a short piece, but it's not such a long piece. We'll, we'll read through it uh, rather quickly, and then we'll, we'll come back and we'll make those points that we were making before, because it's been two weeks we had the trip, the trip last weekend. Okay, so, Yenikas Torah Shabal Peh, Hi B'Gnuzo Min HaShamayim V'Gilim The nursing of Torah Shabal Peh takes place in its hidden state from heaven, but is revealed in its revealed state on earth. Meaning to say that even though it appears that Torah Shaval Pet, just to translate that very straight, even though it appears that Torah Shaval Pet is nursing from Shemayim, that is to say, that the Torah Shaval Pet is an outgrowth, an aftergrowth of the prophetic experience of Torah Nevi'im and Ksuvim, that we're analyzing the texts of Torah Nevi'im and Ksuvim using Lid Gimel Milos Shatorah Nejeshatim, and therefore it is an outgrowth of, of Torah Shavachsav, also known as Shemayim. Begiloi, in its revealed state, Torah Shaval Pet actually plays out down here. On earth. In order for Torah Shaval Peh to really function properly, it needs to be that Eretz Yisrael is all built up and that the Jewish people are dwelling therein, in the, in the land of Israel, and that they are organized in all different facets of what it means to be a nation. Mikdash Malchus, we need to have basic Mikdash and kingship. Kahuna v'nevu, we need to have priesthood and prophecy. Shoftim v'shotrim, we need to have judges and a body of uh, some sort of disciplinary council. Shotrim v'chol tachsiseim, and all of their different uh, tactics, all their different ways of kind of running society. Only when there's all of these things in place, a mikdash and malchus, kahuna and nevu, a shoftim v'shotrim, all these different and a, and a working train and all these different things, then the Torah Shabal Peh can actually speak to how we're supposed to run all these things. In other words, the Torah is the Seder HaOlam, it's the Seder HaBriya. And so to the extent that there is a Bria that is Misudar, the Torah tells us, well, here's how it ought to play out. This is how things ought to do, how we ought to do things. Then the, then the Torah Shabal Peh is able to shine with all of its beauty. It's, it blossoms, poreches. It means to, it flies, but also like a porech. It, it, it blossoms. Umala nitza. And it, it elevates its, its sprout, or its, uh, it had the same problem with this word last time. Nitza, it's like the part of the flower that's like the, it's not the stamen. It's, it's like the, I told you it's like the on the pomegranate, the, the crown on the part. On the top is called it's called the the Nitzah. the nitza. It's the it, it stretches itself out. and it elevates itself to the Torah Shibchsav in the full height of its stature. However, so that's the way it's supposed to be. Now let's do a little history lesson. In exile, the twins, being Torah Shibchsav and Torah were separated from each other. Went up to its holy abode on high. The yard and Torshvalpeh descended down into the depths. 
ומכל מקום היא מקבלת סיניקה חשאית מאור תור שבכסב מספיך העבר, מספיך העבר. Nevertheless, the Torah Shabal Peh, which is now down in some garbage heap, now the fact that, don't get confused, I think I said this last time also, the fact that there are more Svartim coming out every single day at a rapid clip that is dizzying, and that you could find, literally, I, I kid you not, you could find in the Svartim, in a good Svartim store, you could find a safer called Ha'itush Bahalacha, sneezing in Halacha, or, you know, you could find a 500-page uh, essay on what's the proper brach on a krembo, you know, or or another book that uh, I, that I once saw, my brother once showed me called the Haish al Hayareach, the halachos of what it would be like if you lived on the moon. Like we have, the Torah Shabbat has investigated every facet of life. So it's like on the one hand, it's like no, Torah Shabbat is like is doing better than ever. But the fact that all that has to be written down and has to be explicated further and further and further, where whereas. When the luchos were originally given, we were able to see all of Tarsh Pet just, it was so clear from the text itself. The Tarsh was dripping with the Tarsh Pet in a living type of way, not trapped away in books that are sitting on a bookshelf somewhere. But it lived as a, as a, as a breathing entity within Klal Yisrael. It was alive. It wasn't just like there was some expert out there who knew all the halachos of sneezing. And it sits on a bookshelf. And but we lived with this awareness of Torah, the, the Torah was speaking to us with such clarity that the Torah Shabbat and the Torah Shabbat were dancing together in this way that Torah Shabbat wasn't in exile. Now there's a very large creative output, but it's it's being nursed through this almost whisper, this this yinika chashait, this hushed type of nursing. May or Torah from the light of the Torah from some aftergrowth. Of the past. And as a result of that, that's enough to keep us minimally, nominally alive. Record I'm recording. Yeah. And the Torah Shabbat Peh continues to fall and therefore become more and more enshrined in books, which is why I wrote a 60 page, 60 page introduction to my book, Apologizing for Writing a Book, because it's just further exiling the Torah Shabbat Peh. And it continues to fall every single day. Until the day will finally, the, 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 the day will finally arrive. And the light of life will come from the treasure house of eternal redemption. The Jewish people will become strong again. will be implanted on our land. Not sure. The whole you got anyone you have nikudos? Prosper. Yeah, you know I know what the word means. It means to like uh, to, uh, to 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 sprout forth. It also means to like glimmer. Actually, the whole hadar sdarav, and also the whole hadar with all of our with all of our beauty, with all the splendor of, of being an organized people. Then torshvalpel will begin to sprout. From the roots, meaning after we've built up the land, the physical parts of the land, then the Torah Shabbat will begin to sprout from the depths of its roots. Ta'ala ma'ala ma'ala will continue to elevate higher and higher. But and the or of Torah Shabbat will return and shine its rays upon the Torah Shabbat a new chadashim levakarim, like a brand new day. And the lovers will uni- will unite in their wedding canopy, the or nishmas el chayolam, in the light of the soul of life, 
meaning Hashem Himself, Hamidgal B'Tchias Yisrael, will be Rom Karno, which will reveal itself in the Tchias Yisrael, in the uh, Renaissance of the Jewish people, will be Rom Karno, in the elevation of, of their of their might, of their horn, literally. Ya'ir Ba'or Shivas Yama will start to shine with the light of the seven days of creation. Or Acham of Or Levana Gamyacha, the light of the sun and the light of the moon together. Ya'orim Yashar Choder Moshech Mizula Zu, they will interpenetrate one another, meaning Torshu Vesam Torshu Vapeh. Ve'one Sa'aretz, and the land will answer, and they will answer Vesa'am, Ve'chol Yafat Chayim. Or Alvanakor Achama, and the moon and the sun will be able to shine together, the moon being the Torah and the sun being the Torah Shav. Or Achama Yeshivasayim, Kor Shivas Yamim, and the sun will be even 70 times stronger than it is now. Bayom Chavash Hashem as Shever Amo, on the day that Hashem bandages up the broken bones of his nation, and heals the wounds of, uh, of his people. So that is the teaching. So last time we ended by just pointing out just to kind of flesh this out a little bit stronger, we spoke about the concept of the emtsa'i. We spoke about the concept of the emtsa'i. I don't remember what got written down, what did it get written down? But we spoke about how the key to unlocking this gullus between the tu'umim, that there's Tersh B'Sal and Tersh Peh, is always the way to bridge the gap between two things is to find the intermediary between the two of them. So at the end of Shir last time, I just listened to the last five minutes of the recording so that I would remember what we were talking about. We were talking about um, the B'nai Yisachar's teaching that there are four levels of creation. There are, here, let's look at inside a little bit. I, th- this this um, piece from Rav Kook, when I was in the States and I was not well, so a friend of mine had a bar mitzvah. And this friend, um, for every time there's a family simcha, writes a small kuntras, you know, 100 pages of Chidushi Torah or thoughts or whatever, pretty amazing thing. He's like not a rabbi, he's a, in computers. And he's amazing, and he writes, uh, so we're very, very good friends. We always send shalach monos to each other, of the Torah, even when it's not Purim. And, um, and I wasn't able to be at the bar mitzvah, so he was a little bit uh, sad that I wasn't there. So he asked if I would write something that he could put in the sefer, that at least we'd be mishtatif in the simcha together. It's good to have friends like this. So, so I wrote this for the Bar Mitzvah about two years ago, and it was based largely on this piece in Rav Kook. Um, as you see, we're going to skip the whole beginning, but if you see, where it says, Begolos Nifredu Atumi on the bottom of page one, then on the page two, there's a large indented paragraph that has this piece from Rav Kook that we just, that we just read. Okay? So, starting from the very next section, Ulechora haderech hamutzlach biyoser hulachshof so there must be some hidden pipeline that allows, we said that there's a Yenika Chashayit that connects Torah Shavachsav and Torah Shavachpet to each other even in exile. And there needs to be, it must be that there's some pipeline that actually connects Torah Shavachsav and Torah Shavachpet and to the extent that we can widen that pipeline, we'll be able to bring the two of them back together. So that the, the waters of of, of intellect, of knowledge, will be able to flow freely between these two, lo hafseik or lo hafra, without any interference. So what is biduk at tzino azos? What exactly is this tzinor? What is the pipeline that connects the two of them? So behektim, yuvan behektim, madik bekam akomos besefer b'nei saschar, maybe a mechabra kadosh, rav tzvi ali melech midinov, this interesting idea from Rav Pinchas Karitzer, 
that between every two extremes, between two different things on a, on a continuum, there's always a, a mamutza, there's always an intermediary. When you have two different things that are mechulakim, yesh tzarech b'davar mimutza. Kemo bein domim letzomeach. So this is the Benesach's example. Yesh almog. So between, for example, minerals and vegetables. So we have coral. Almog is coral. We have coral, which is a thing that grows in the water, in the ocean. But then when it dies, it turns into an actual mineral and it has the properties of a mineral. Ubein tzomeach l'chai. Yesh tzmachim sha'ochlim kol minei shratzim. Ketanim. There are types of plants that actually eat animals, like, for example, the Venus flytrap. Oh, you saw this in Chumash last year. We also spoke of this in Chumash, yeah, this piece from Menei This is Menei example. There's monkeys that have intelligence like a, like a human being on a certain level. And the same thing in Zman, that we have a Yom Chol and we have a Yom Tov. And then we have this concept of Chol Amoid, which kind of is intermediary between these, these two, these two polar, polarities. Is there a between Medab, oh, Medab and Yisrael? Yes. Which would be? Gerim. Oh. Uh, who says this explicitly? The Maharal. Maharal writes this explicitly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Maharal sort of talks about this, this fifth level of Yisrael. The same, same thing is true. We know, for those who are studying these types of things, that all the different Olamos... So every olam in Kabbalah is made up of ten spheros. So let's say that this is the olam. We'll call this, uh, let's just do basic. We'll say Yitz- this is Yitzira. So Yitzira has Keser, Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gevura, Tiferes, Netzach, Hod, Yisod, Malchus. I should do Keser like this also. Right? Malchus of Yitzira is the same thing as Keser of Asiya. And Keser of Yitzira is the same thing as Malchus of Bria, which is above it. Because there's an interpenetration between each of the different worlds. Right? The lowest sphera of one world is the highest sphera of the next world because that is the Mamutza between the two of them. So there has to be also a Mamutza between Torah Shabbat and Torah and what is the mamutza between Torah Shabbat Chassav and Torah Shabbat Peh? Skip down to the next paragraph. What, what, what is it? So we find in the Sefer Noz Desha, on Sefer Dvarim, which is written by uh, the Sach Chavar Rebbe, being Torah Shabbat Chassav and Torah Shabbat Peh, the italicized, Sefer Eilah HaDvarim Mamutza B'Neim Mechabra. Sefer Dvarim, now we're going to explain why. What does that have to do with Rav Kuk? Why, why, why are we bring this up here? Sefer Dvarim is the connection piece that connects Torah Shabbat Chassav and Torah Shabbat Peh because Sefer Dvarim is on the one hand a quasi-Torah Shabbat Peh kind of work. We'll see some examples of why that, how that is in a second. And at the same time, is obviously part of the Torah Shabbat Chassav. I think Rav actually says Rav Tzadok has this idea also. It is like Torah Shabbat Peh and Omash, I think, or something like that. What do you mean? It's... It, well, it's not Tarshava. I mean, I mean like, he has, like, it's like pretty crazy what he says. Show me the Lashon. I'd love to see the Lashon. Mm-hmm. So we find, for example, in the Gemara Megillah, that when the Gemara Megillah is talking about why it is that in the Tochacha in Bechukosai versus the Tochacha in Parshish Kisavo, there are different rules about whether or not you're allowed to stop is because the Tochacha of Sefer Vayikra 
which is Bichukosai, uh, that Hashem said. So the rules are different than the Tocha of Parshat because Moshe said it. I mean, Moshe said it. It's part of the Torah. Right? So that's one of his rayas. We'll see this more inside more clearly. We see that the Torah of Moshe becomes kind of like the Torah of Moshe. What's he referring to here? He's referring to the Gemara in Megillah. The Gemara says, that you're not allowed to stop in the middle of the curses when you are reading the Tochacha. We don't pause in Aliyah in the middle. We like start at the, before the Tochacha a little bit and we end a little bit after it. Where are you not allowed to stop? In the middle? That's only in Bichokosai. But in the Klavos of Mishnah Torah, Posik, you're allowed to stop. My time, what's the difference between Mishnah Torah and Sefer Vayikra? Meaning Parshat Bichokosai. Halu Balashan Rabbi Momros, It's because Sefer Vayikra is written in Lashan Rabbim, so it's talking to the community of less of a sakana, we're talking to the whole community, and Hashem's never going to wipe out all the Jewish people. And Moshe said it, he said it from the mouth of Hashem himself. And in Mishnah Torah, there's no Isra of stopping in the middle of the Klalos. And I guess what a human being says is a little less scary than what what Hashem is saying. So there's no sakana of stopping in the middle. But what does that mean? Moshe, Amar, the Abai said that the close to Mishnah Torah Moshe mi pi atzmo Amar? Halo m'sech sanhedrin l'madu mitoch ha-pasuk ki davar Hashem baza. The davar Hashem baza, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, the davar Hashem was rejected, was, was made to be a bizayon. What's the Gemara say? That it's forbidden to say that the Torah is not from heaven. Person says all of Torah is from heaven except for this one pasuk. Hashem didn't say this one pasuk. That's Lashon Gemara. That's Dvar Hashem Baza. Teva achas, even one word. Im Amar Moshe, Amar Mepiatzmo, Harizah Kofer Batora. Achin Shuvanu Sholem, Eich Amar Amora Kadosh, Viniskav, Kabaye, Davar Kazeh, how could Abaye? It was a holy Amora say such a thing. So even though it seems to be that that's a very troubling thing, comes along the Maharal in Pharisee Israel, Paraklam Gimel, and he explains it to us. Eina Kavona Zechas Vashalom, Shemar Moshe Diber Mepiatzmo. Says the Maharal, Sorry, I'm moving fast, but I'm trying to get back to Rav Kook here. just want to see, see some of the sources inside. So this is from the Maral, the, again, the italicized. The Kavana is not God forbid to say that Moshe mi piatzmo, af os achas. Moshe didn't say a single word by himself. Raka hefresh, she yesh bein mishnah Torah, bein shar Torah, ki hator shenasam Hashem yizbarach, li Yisrael yesh v'zeh shtei b'chinos. When the Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people, there are two aspects. There's the one b'china, which is mitzad Hashem yizbarach. There's the tzad, which is very shamayim heavy. Hashem is the one who gave the Torah. And there's a second level of Torah, which is Mitzad Yisrael, that is that we receive the Torah. Right? The, the holiday of Shavuos, on the one hand, is called Zman Matan Torah Seinu. It's the time of Hashem giving the Torah. But we also refer to that event as Kabbalah Satorah, the receiving of the Torah. Those are two different acts. There's the act of giving, and there's the act of receiving. In fact, 
Rav Tzadok writes this as well, that Kabbalah's Torah didn't happen until Yom Kippur, because Hashem tried to give the Torah on Shavuos, but then Chir Egel got broken. We didn't receive anything. Why are we celebrating that? Because it's Givaldic, that Hashem wanted to speak to us. Meaning, even independent of the fact that we didn't get anything, the fact that Hashem wanted to speak to us is worth celebrating. So, the Kabbalah Satorah, the four books of Moshe Rabbeinu, those were Mechabel, those Hashem gave to us. That's how we would say it. But the fifth book, we were Mechabel, meaning to say that there's an aspect of it that is more mitzidenu. It's more from our perspective. If someone gives some, his friend something, and they're on the same level, if two people are on the same level and one gives to the other, it's not, we don't make this whole big fuss of who, who's giving, who's receiving. Hashem was over everything. And we're down here on earth. There's clearly a special thing that's happening. On the one hand, Hashem's act of giving, and secondarily, our act of being able to receive that gift. Wow, it's such a big gift. How does it not all just fall through our fingers? Therefore, the, it's true, we received all of it from Hashem, and, and Hashem gave all of it to us. That both, both statements are true. All of the Torah was given to us, and all of the Torah was received by us. However, the first four books of the Torah are much more related and are much more felt to the experience of Hashem giving. And in that last moment where we receive the end of the Torah, there's much more of a focus on our reception of it rather than on Hashem's giving of it. Because the receptive act happens at the end. So Mishnah Torah, uh, we're arguing here, is the mamutza between, it has this property of Torah Shabbat of course. Anybody who says that even one word Moshe said on his own accord is, a, is that Sekfira. On the other hand, Moshe Mepi'atzmo Amra is a reflection of the fact that at the end of the day, the language of Mishnah Torah is a language of Moshe Rabbeinu saying it on his own. The way that the Vilna Gon spoke about this is that the Vilna Gon said that because he writes about this as well, the Vilna Gon said that Moshe Rabbeinu said over Mishnah Torah, wrote over Mishnah Torah, and Hashem gives the stamp of approval and says, that's exactly how I want it. Right? I think I shared this maybe the first year that we had, but I don't remember if I told this story fully, that Rav Baruch Ber was one time, uh, Rav Baruch Ber was a student of Rav Chaim, Rav Baruch Ber was one time uh, sitting in front of Rav Chaim and he was giving shir, and at the end of the shir, Rav Chaim was the Rebbe, at the end of the year, Rabbi Chaim said, Ah, Gavaldik, that was my Torah. And Rabbi Baruch said, uh, Rabbi, what? No, that was, I never heard Shira on this topic from you. And he said, No, that was my Torah, that was my Torah. And Rabbi Baruch Ber was like, Is Rabbi accusing me of you know, plagiarism or what's going on? You know, and after back and forth, Rabbi Chaim said, No, what I mean is that you've so mastered my system of learning, it was a mahalach of, of learning that Rabbi Chaim developed. He said, You've so mastered my system of learning, the way you give that Shira, word for word, is exactly what I would have said. Meaning every, it was my, my gushpanka of Torah. That's my stamp of Torah. It was yours. It was your chiddush. But it came from my Torah. And that's exactly what Sefer Dvarim is. Sefer Dvarim is Moshe Rabbeinu saying over Sefer Dvarim and Hashem going, ah, that's my Torah. Right? And Moshe is like, ah, but I, I just gave these speeches to the Jewish people. You said it exactly the way I would have said it. Put it in exactly like that. And so the Torah Shabbat Peh starts 
with Mishnah Torah, but also finishes off the Torah Shavah and in that way is the pipeline that connects the two of them. It's the same reason, I'm not going to do this right now, because I don't want to get stuck on this all the time, because I really want to get to the next piece, which is the Eretz Yisrael piece. Okay? The next section, which we're going to skip, is that the, the principle of Ein Dorsh uh, Smuchin, that we don't Darsh and Smuchin, so the Gemara says in a number of places that even those who claim that we're not allowed to be Doresh Smuchin, which means that if you have two Pesukim next to each other, we can't necessarily learn something out from the fact that one Pesuk is next to another Pesuk. Even those who say we're not Doresh Smuchin, in Mishnah Torah we are Doresh Smuchin, because it was written by Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what the Rishonim explained. That since Mishnah Torah was written by Moshe Rabbeinu, so we can't fathom the divine mind. Why did Hashem put, you know, Bikurim next to, in the same Pesuk with, with uh, Basar B'chalav? So we can't be Dorish Smuchin from Basar B'chalav to, to Bikurim. But Moshe Rabbeinu, who put things together in Mishnah Torah, he's a person, he's a very smart person, a very holy person. But even those who claim that we're not allowed to be Dorish Smuchin outside of Mishnah Torah will allow us to be Dorish Smuchin in Mishnah Torah. Again, that's another reflection of the fact that it has this quasi-Torish Peh type of uh, reality to it that Moshe Rabbeinu is considered the author of Mishnah Torah on a certain level. We're not, we're not Dorish like uh, Halacha, we're Dorish like Agada. Rashi off, like let's say like Nazir being juxtaposed to Seder, Seder, yeah, a God is Mashiach. But this is a halachic statement. Okay, so if you look in the Ravon, the Rishonim, the Rishonim, to talk about this, that since it was written for Moshe Rabbeinu, we're allowed to be Dorish Smuchin in Mishnah Torah. Okay, now, Rav Kook here was talking about how Eretz Yisrael needs to be in full force in order for Torah Peh to be. So how Gavaldik is it? that we find in the Medrash Rabbah. Take a look in the next section. Ubo niflos Come and see wonders of the Torah. Ki'is of Medrash, says in the Medrash, Amar Rebishuim Bar Yochai, not surprisingly, Rebishuim Bar Yochai is revealing wonders of the Torah. What does he say? Sefer Mishnah Torah, Haya Signon Yoshua. Sefer Mishnah Torah was the Signon of Yoshua, which literally means it was like the coat of arms of Yoshua. But it means that Yoshua, the personality of Yoshua, and Mishnah Torah go hand in hand with each other. When Hashem came and appeared to Yoshua at the beginning of Sefer Yoshua, Yoshev is Sefer Mishnah Torah, he was sitting with Sefer Dvarim. Amar lo chazak Yoshua, amatz Yoshua, lo yomosh Sefer HaTorah hazeh. Don't let Sefer Mishnah Torah ever leave your side. Yoshua, you are the Jew of Mishnah Torah. The Kosov Eis Yosef, and the Eis Yosef writes, commentary on the Medrash, Levar Divrei HaMedrash, Mishnah Torah Hoi Signon LeYoshua, Ve'ezo Min Tawar HaYazeh, what does that mean? Signon Perish, She'eshagar Befiv HaOzeh Bo Tamid, Mishum Dekayel Dechol Dinei Torah B'Ktsara. Yoshua was constantly and constantly and constantly reviewing Sefer Mishnah Torah. And Rashi brings this in his parish to Sefer Yoshua, in Perak Aleph, Velashon Ketsara, he brings this Medrash. Now, it cannot be just like a happenstance that Yoshua happens to be Osek in this myth, in this Indian of, of Mishnah Torah. So jump down to the third line. Rav Tzadak HaKohen of Lublin in Lekutei Amar in Sefer Yoshua, in his little small essays to Sefer Yoshua, writes, Shahayim mitchila masik HaTorah Shebechsav v'achakach Torah Shebalpeh. We know that first the Jewish people were masik the Torah Shebechsav, we received the Torah Shebechsav, and afterwards the Torah Shebalpeh. Right? 
Shehu takef l'siyam Torah shebichsav v'aschol al Torah shebalpeh. Sefer Yoshua, which comes right after the siyam of Torah shebichsav, and the personality of Yoshua is davuk ad l'maod to Sefer Dvarim because Sefer Dvarim is this mamutza between Torah shebichsav and Torah shebalpeh like we've been talking about, and is the means of bringing the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael. In other words, let's now make a little uh, transitive property here. Yeah. Torah Shaval Perev Chuk told us, or, or in order for Torah Shaval Perev to be able to fully function properly, Eretz Yisrael needs to be in full force. We need to have Amalchus, we need to have settled with the Jewish people, we need to have Shoftim Vishotrim, we need to have all these different things. And, Sefer Dvarim is the Mamutza that brings Torah Shaval and Torah Shaval Perev together, which is something that happens in Eretz Yisrael uniquely. And, Yoshua is the one who is Machnis. Am Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. So of course, Yoshua's whole Indian is going to be Sefer Devarim because Yoshua is also the Mamutza between Torah Shavichsav and Torah Shavalpeh. On the one hand, Yoshua went up the mountain with Moshe Rabbeinu to receive the Torah. Clear in the Chumash. On the other hand, Moshe Kibal Torah Misinai Umisar Yoshua. Yoshua is Sefer Devarim. Yoshua is Sefer Devarim. Yoshua is Sefer Devarim. Devarim is Sefer Yoshua. And the two of them go together. Givaldi. What else do we know? Go to the next page. The Imrot Zamanul Adasat Hechan Advarim Agiyam. We want to know how deep this connection between Yeshua and Sefer Advarim goes. So remember this, friends. Yesh Letzai and Jeshmona Psukim Achronim Shel Sefer. The last eight Psukim of Sefer Advarim. Who wrote them? Nechtvu v'nechtemu al yedei Yeshua ba'atzmo. The Gemara says in Bava Basra, Daf Tezvav, that Yeshua was the one who finished off Sefer Advarim. Shmona Pesukim Shabbatari Yoshua Kasfon Vayamos Sham Moshe Ever Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu died after Moshe Chai the Kasav Vayamos Moshe Rabbeinu would write a lie in his Torah that he was dead El Adkan Kasav Moshe Mikan Veilech Kasav Yoshua Divir Rabbi Yehuda Vavir Rabbi Nechemia So Rabbi Yehuda some say it was Rabbi Nechemia said Yoshua wrote it Amar Lord Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon said after Sefer Torah Chasar Os Echad is it possible that the Sefer Torah should be missing one thing? It says, "Lakuach is a sefer Torah." Take this full sefer Torah. Ela ad kan kadosh baruch hu omer, Moshe omer v'kasov. We can't be elach kadosh baruch hu omer, Moshe kosov b'dimon. Literally translated as, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to write the Torah until the last eight psukim. Last eight psukim, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote with tears. And then Yeshua came and he filled in the dry. You know, when they were drying, he filled it in with ink. I'm not going to read it inside. Zok de Vilnagon. What does it mean? You wrote it with tears. You can't write it with tears. Sefer Torah is chaser, even os achas. You can't write it. That's not a kosher Sefer Torah. Bidima, Bidima, says the Gra, means from a lashon of Dimai. Mixed up. Damua. All like, in other words, what? Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the last eight psukim of the Torah in such a way that there were no spaces. There were no adequate, adequate spaces. And Yoshua had to come and what? Parse the words out of those, that string of letters. That's what the Gro writes. Last uh, four lines. V'imkein, hashnei ha'yidios lo pligi. These two opinions are not arguing. 
It's true that Moshe Rabbeinu left the last Yipsukim to be written by Yoshua. It's also true that he wrote them Bedima. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the whole thing, he didn't even leave out a full, any letter. Rak, kiches psukim elu, these last eight psukim, lo hayayachol lichtov is hanigla, the kasav kivit tzirufam, he just wrote it as one long tziruf, as one long string of letters. Vezehu bedima, Yoshua kasvan kifia nigla, and then Yoshua came and he split them apart into their words, which basically does what? He takes the last eight psukim, which are impossible to read, they're written, they're tersh v'chsav, but they're impossible to actually pronounce, tersh v'alpeh, it's one long word, and he turns it into a tersh v'alpeh, and so Yoshua is the one who finishes Sefer Dvarim, which is the bridge between Torah Shavuksav and Torah Shavuksav Peh. And now, oh, here's the last piece. What does Mishnah Torah mean? This is such a silly way to give a shir, but it's, this is the best I had because I didn't have a source sheet prepared. I'm just giving you the essay, reading it in a, somewhat of a silly way. So the last part is like this. What does the word Mishnah Torah mean? So many people will say it means a repetition of the Torah based on the Ramban. However, I once heard from my great Rebbe, from Mendel Blachman Shlita, that Mishnah Torah does not mean a repetition of the Torah because we don't find, there are new mitzvahs in Mishnah Torah. This is like one of the questions that people have on the Ramban. It's true that there are some mitzvahs that are repeated, but there are many mitzvahs that are new, that weren't there before. And there are some mitzvahs that aren't repeated. So look at this last section over here. Matzinu Lashon Mishnah Torah Ba'od Makom, and that is by the mitzvah of a king writing a Sefer Torah, Sheni. When a king is sitting on his throne, the Mishnah Torah Zos, and he will write this second Torah, Al Sefer The Targum Unklus on that Pasuk, Tirgemis Amilim Mishnah Torah. The Targum translates the words Mishnah Torah as Pashagan Oraisa. What does Pashagan Oraisa mean? What's Pashagan mean? Oraisa means Torah, that's fine. What's Pashagan mean? So the word Pashagan we actually have where? In Megillus Esther. V'nishlach svarim biyad ha-ratzim el kol medinus ha-melech la-hashmin la-arog la-abed es kol yehudim v'nar v'yad zakein tafen ha-shim b'yom echad b'shlosh ha-sar ha-chodesh shneim ha-sar hu-chodesh ha-dar v'shalom l'voz Pashagin ha-ksav Pashagin ha-ksav li-hinosein das v'chol medinu medina What is Pashagin ha-ksav? M'kan l'madnu sh-mashmaus ha-mila Pashagin hu hazbara O targum lelashon, hamuv on la'ame aratzos shonos. Pashag and aksav would be given to all the different nations, to all the different medinos and medinos. In other words, it means a translation. Mishnah Torah means a translation of the Torah. Pashag and oraisa, a translation of the Torah. Now here's the geval dekite that Rav Kook is saying. Rav Kook knew all of this. I have no no doubt. Rav Kook is saying to us. That in Galus, Because what is the Torah Shabbal Peh supposed to do? The Torah Shabbal Peh, and this is what Sefer Dvarim does as well. Torah Shabbal Peh and Sefer Dvarim prepares the Jewish people for what happens when the Torah Shabbal which which is Shemaimdik, it's Himmeldik, it expects perfection. What happens when the Torah Shabbal which expects us to be Malachim, uh, is dealing with real life situations? where there's a king and there's policemen. You don't need policemen when everyone's perfect. You don't need judges when everyone's perfect. Everyone's just acting perfectly. You don't need a, a malchus to hold everyone together if everyone's already together. So the Torah Shabal Peh and Mishnah Torah is the beginning of that. Like Rav Blachman pointed out, the mitzvah of marriage, of Kedushin, of Ki'ikach Ish Isha, 
Yeah, marriage is found earlier in the Torah, in the first four books of the Torah. Gerishim is only found in, in... I mean, what happens when the marriage doesn't work out? Sometimes it doesn't work out. So you have to know what to do. Edus is found... Mitzvahs, like, don't lie, don't, don't give false testimony. That's found in the first four books. Edim Zomamin, what happens if someone actually tries to do this and then we have to, like, what do we do with it? That's found in... And countless examples of this, how the, the translation of this idealistic version of the Torah that the first four books of the Torah are trying to give us becomes concretized and translated into a living system in the Torah Shabbat Peh, which is embodied in, in Sefer Tvar. And so as the Jewish people are about to enter outside of the realm of prophecy and outside of the Midbar where they're living in this incubator and they're about to go into Eretz Yisrael, Yoshua is the one who needs to then bring Torah Shabbat Sav and Torah Shabbat Peh together. And so that's why in Golos, in the physical outside of Eretz Yisrael, Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat are separated from each other. Because only in Eretz Yisrael is there the possibility of bringing together the ideal version of the Torah and struggling with that ideal version to bring it into an actual system. And it's not always pretty. But Rav Kook believed, and we have a Haftacha from the Torah and from the Nevi'im. Let's go back to the words of Rav Kook now. That, even though the Torah Shabbat Peh keeps falling lower and lower and lower, even though the Torah Shabbat Peh keeps falling lower and lower and lower, nevertheless, there's going to come a time. When the light of Torah Shabbat is once again going to the Jewish people, the Jewish people will once again come back to Eretz Yisrael. And for Kuk, part of the vision of the Jewish people coming back to Eretz Yisrael is that once the Jewish people come back to Eretz Yisrael, then Torah Shabbat Peh, which means the ability to translate Torah into an actual system of living, because when you're living in a world where the ideal of what the Torah expects of you, of what the Torah expects of you, is not translating into a lifestyle, then it's very easy to have all these ideas and learn all these things, but for it to not translate into a personality, into a real person who actually lives this. And so in Galus, the Jewish people were just schlepping around the ideals of the Torah, but we didn't have a Mikdash. We still don't have a Mikdash. We didn't have a land. We didn't have the ability to put any of this into practice. And so for Rav Kook, Rav Kook saw that the return to Eretz Yisrael gives us for the first time the opportunity to take the ideals of Torah Shebech Sav and to actually begin to translate that into a living system of, of, of Torah Shebaal Peh. And so first, the Jewish people come and become implanted in their land and begin to shimmer, to shine, Bechol Hadar Starav. The Oz, after we return to Eretz Yisrael, and again, like Yoshua did back then, then the Torah Shabbat will begin to sprout out of Eretz Yisrael. The Svar Maktoshim, the Sifrei Chassidah say Yehoshua, is Bigamatra, Bechol Darchecha Da'ehu. Know God in all of your ways. Meaning Moshe Rabbeinu, and this is what the Nemeraglim didn't want. The Nemeraglim wanted to stay in the Midbar, and just be in this incubator system where everything is perfect and nobody could lie because there's nothing to even lie about. No, no, nobody has land. We're just eating from, from heaven. You know, Our clothing never gets washed. and We're just living. And it's not that we didn't have problems in, 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 uh, in paradise, but they didn't want to go into a land where we had to actually put this into, into play because it's dirty. 
It comes from the Omek Sharsha, it comes from deeper in the roots. And it starts to sprout. Ta'ala, Ma'ala, Ma'ala, it goes up and up. And then there's this interpenetration that takes place just like the sun and the moon, where the sun's light shines upon the moon in this amazing, remarkable way. So too, the light of the Torah Shavu begins to shine on... Uh, the Torah Shavu Al-Peh begins to shine on the Torah Shavu when we come back to Eretz Yisrael. And that's the gula that we're waiting for. Yeah. So are we sort of turning Torah Shavu into Torah Shavu we meaning our generation of Jews who are returning to Eretz Yisrael? Sure. Ideally, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be taking all of these theoretical things that we've been talking about in Galus and to actually play them out in a, society, in a system. Are we doing it good? Are we doing a, a good job? We could do better. We could do better. But, but we can do better, but we will do better. And it also sounds like after we're implanted on our land, that's when we start to sprout. So we're a young nation. You know, Hashem should have patience with us. We should have patience with the process. And uh, we should bring the twins back together. Yeah. Seems like there's one, like, even today, until that day happens, it's still in Yerida. Yeah. So there's no really way, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe we're, like, creating the possibility for that day to come, but we're not really connecting them until that day comes. Yeah, Yom, does Yom mean a day? Like it's going to come in... A, yeah, I mean, again, we believe in an instant of Gula. We believe in the redemptive moment. We also believe in the redemptive process. Right? There's an essay from one of our student, students of Rav Kook. So one of the students of Rav Kook, Rav Yaakov Moshe Charlap, we got interrupted there for a second, has a sefer called Mimayne HaYeshua. And... Uh, in the sixth essay over there, he has a beautiful essay. Well, we should learn it one time. I mean, if it comes relevant, something we're learning here. He has a beautiful essay where he talks about the difference between the redemption from Egypt, which happened v'chipazon, and the final redemption, which happens kima kima, which happens slowly. And because of the redemption from Egypt, it's in the Sefer, uh, volume six, essay six, in, in May Marum, Yaakov Shechlap Svarim, if you're writing it down. So... He says that the redemption from Egypt and the reason why we had such tumultuous time in the Midbar, like up and down and up and down so much, was because Hashem ripped us out of Egypt and then our neshamas were like ready to, ready to rock. We were ready to go. And Hashem pulled us out so quickly, we were soaring. It's like a Shanalaf guy, you know? He's like ready to, but he still has all these bad habits. So it's like, ah, I'm flying. And it's like, crashes down. And flying, crashing down. Because the Geula from Mitzrayim happened with great... And he says, but the final redemption happens kima kima. And he says, in that redemption, it's not going to be only... This is how he describes it. He, says, he uses these beautiful Lashonas, which I'm not going to do justice to here. But he says that the redemption from Egypt was, was purely a redemption of the Jewish soul. Their Jewish body was still like constantly being dragged back to Egypt the whole time. He said, but the final redemption is going to be a redemption of both the body and the soul together. And therefore, it's much more similar to... It's much more similar to uh, what Yaakov Avinu said to Esau, like, I, I walk slowly with my kids. You know, like the body is like slowly. And so for Rav Yaakov Moshe Chlap, which is really on the backs of Rav Kook as well, it's like you come back to Eretz Yisrael, you know, 
in Tuba we come like planted in our land. And Kim'a, Kim'a, we start to have this redemptive process, but then you're right. But then there is a moment of redemption. There's Achi Afua Chayom, which is a moment where like everything changes in an instant. But the process of getting to that changing in an instant has a backstory, whereas in Mitzrayim, we went from like ala panim, legamre, to being like ripped out of Mitzrayim at lightning speed. Oh, it's the flip side. What's that? In a way, it's like flipped. So this is the opposite of that. This is, this is, it will come in the final moment, it'll be super quick. But the process of leading up to it, it's kind of like the, the Purim story. The Purim story is also like a mamutza between Mitzrayim and the final redemption. The Gemara says, why is, why is the Purim story called, why is Esther called Ayal Tashachar, the morning star? Because it's like an Ayal, like a deer. When a deer comes out of the forest, when the redemption finally comes, it's like a deer. A deer first sticks its head out, looks around to make sure there's no hunters, then pulls back in, and then, phew, and then shoots back out. So the, so the Medjur says that Purim is Domer, it's called Ayal Tashachar. That Mizmor of Tehillim, Ayal Tashachar, is all about the Purim story that According to Chazal and Bava Basra, Esther Hamalka wrote. So why is she called Ayal Tashachar? Because she's like an Ayal. Because the Purim story is like the deer sticking its head out to make to see if the coast is clear. Even though this was quite quite some time ago, but that was the precursor to the final redemption. So it's kind of this intermediate between Mitzrayim and the final one. And if you look by Purim, also, how long was the Purim story? A couple weeks less. Like how long was the Purim story? Yeah, and with, from Parak Aleph to the end. Like over a year. Way over a year. Oh. It was like closer to 13 years, right? It was like 13 years from, from Ahasuerus' party in the beginning till Haman being hung and the Jewish people defend themselves the following year after that. Like what did you say? The Hatzalah. But the once so the whole lead up to this, all the backstory, we're like, we don't know what's going on and Haman's in control and Vashti's being killed and Mordechai is doing this and everything. All of that is Kima Kima. But then, when the final Hatzalah comes, the word Vayimaher is over and over again. They're rushing, they're rushing um, Haman to the party and everything's happening quick, 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 quick. And that is a similar type of paradigm that we're going to have in the final redemption as well. And he actually he uses Lashonos from the Megillah in that essay. It's a Gavaltic essay. You should take a look. Uh, Chilek Vav essay, Maimur Vav. Okay, we'll pause here for now. And Mirza Hashem, we will continue with Perak Bez next time. We're up to Perak Bez. Wait, can you say where that where that essay is?